Good morning, everyone. So glad to see you all this morning. Now, not to brag or anything, but I come from a long line of really good cooks. I mean, my family really loves to cook, and we do well at it. My father owned his own restaurant. Uh, he learned from my grandmother, who, cook, who cooked so much. I mean, she taught all of her siblings how to cook, and I just, our family has, has great cooks. I mean, people used to go over my house when I was a kid just to see what my dad was cooking. And whatever he had on the grill or in the oven, they wanted a piece of it. They just wanted to taste what he was up to. I remember... One time when I was younger, I spent the night with my grandmother. And uh, there was this rooster that was outside that would, that would crow at the crack of dawn. And I wish someone would cook that rooster for breakfast. Stop waking me up so early in the morning. But, you know, that rooster served as my grandmother's alarm clock. When she heard that rooster, she would get up early in the morning and start cooking breakfast. And, and she would cook, I mean, she would like cook for an army. And she would have so much food laid out all over the, the, din the uh, dining room table, all in the kitchen. It was everywhere. I mean, uh, one, one day this, uh, I was, I was uh, over there, she cooked scrambled eggs. She had bacon and sausage. She had uh, 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 freshly baked biscuits, buttermilk biscuits from scratch. Oh, my goodness. She had, uh, 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 man, I don't know if y'all northerners know about this, but she had grits. And she, uh, all right, all right, I don't know about that. She had scrapple and, and, and fat back. Y'all don't know about that. That's that country right there. But I said, Grandma, this is so much food. It's only two of us. Who's going to eat all of this food? And what she said was, you never know who may come over. Right? You never know who will come over. My, have how times have changed in just one or two generations because you better not come over my house unannounced. Y'all know how we do, right? Somebody comes over, rings the bell, knocks on the door, and, and we're running and hiding. Turn the lights off, turn the TV off, act like we're not there. I don't want to talk to anybody. We just try to go unnoticed. Now, no matter how much we try to avoid them, uh, no matter how independent we feel we are, uh, each of us needs nice neighbors. And each one of our neighbors, they need us. They need us. We all need each other, honestly. We all need someone who will be there for us. We all need someone to share life with. We all need someone to laugh with and, and to cry with. We just need someone to build deep connection with. And oftentimes we're just so resistant. We're so resistant to that. But I want to let you know that building relationships is a, a really helpful for each one of us. It's helpful for us in a variety of ways. One of the ways that building relationship is really uh, with our neighbors is really helpful for us is that we get inside information. We get to know what's going on because all y'all know, you got somebody on your block that knows all the information. They know everything about everybody, everybody's business. And if you don't know that person, either A, you don't get out of the house enough, or B, you are that person. So you get good information. You get information. Another uh, uh, thing that, that is helpful for us uh, when we get to know our neighbors a little bit better, you know, we create a safer neighborhood. You see, we look out for those people that we know and that we care about. 
You know, if somebody pulls up in a van next door and you don't have a good relationship with them, they'll figure it out. Right. They'll, but if you know them, if you love them, if you care about them, you're the first one on the phone, 911. Then you're going to go out there and see what's going on. I remember I was getting carpet laid in my basement, uh, about a, I guess about a year ago, and uh, we, we were getting carpet laid, and, and we called and, and got the, ordered the carpet from Home Depot. Home Depot. But they send this unmarked white van to my house to install the carpet, and the guys open the back up, and they're going in and out of my house. My next door neighbor, she called 911. And the police, I'd never seen the police come that fast. They came, pulled up in front of my house, pulled in front of my driveway, jump out, and they questioning me. <laughs> I'm the homeowner. I, I, I'm the one paying the bills. Don't question me. Anyway, we look out for those that we care about. We also expand our social circle when we get to know those who live around us. When we get to know, when we get to know those around us, we also uh, uh, get rid of our assumptions, our prejudices, because we know the individual. We get rid of the stereotype. But, oh, that's, that's how that person is. We even start to feel better. I was reading this one study this week that said that people who know their neighbors or know who live around them, they actually have better health. And I was like, why? I kept reading, reading, and it said, because you feel like you're at home. You feel like you're in a homely place because you're more comfortable and you're at ease when you know who lives around you. So we are continuing our series today. It's called, Won't You Be My Neighbor?, and specifically, well, this is the last message in this series, but we want to specifically talk about the need for nice neighbors. And there's a story in the Bible about Jesus where he talks about how we should engage with our neighbors if we want to be nice neighbors and how nice neighbors should engage with us. So we want to look at Mark chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, why don't you open them up or turn them on to Mark chapter 2. If you don't have your Bible, raise your hand and we have ushers who will bring a Bible right to your seat. It's like prime day at the vineyard. Bible comes right to you faster than Amazon. So while you're turning uh, there, uh, if you're in the Borrow Bibles, it's on page 859 to help you out. 859. While you're flipping, uh, let me just set up the scene. You see, people uh, uh, in Mark chapter 2, what, what they understand is that Jesus is back in town. Jesus had been gone. He'd been out doing ministry. He had been out calling his, his disciples to come and follow him. And, and he's back in his home at home base. And some people believe that the home that he's staying in was Peter's home. And, and what happened was so many people realized that Jesus was back, that they started surrounding the house. They were getting in the house. I mean, they were, they were just, it was just so many people. They were just coming out the windows everywhere. There were just people everywhere. And there were these four guys who were determined to get in to see Jesus. They, they were determined. They wouldn't let anything stop them. And we're going to look at uh, uh, what they did and, and how they wouldn't let anything come in between them and Jesus in this story. And the first lesson that we're going to learn is that neighbors help with needs. Nice neighbors help with needs. Look at verse number three. It says, some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. 
There is this man in the neighborhood who's paralyzed. His legs don't work for some reason. We're not told that reason. If you if you read some commentaries and do some studies on this, this man was in this situation for 38 years. 38 years he's going around not being able to walk. And if he wanted to get anywhere, he lays down on this mat and people will have to drag him around or carry him around on a mat. And these four guys carried him and brought him to Jesus. You see, his neighbors got the word that Jesus was in town. And they said, man, look, we want to help you out. We care so much about you. We want to get you to your solution. His neighbors cared about him. They, and they cared for him. And I'm, not, I'm sure that uh, uh, this wasn't the first time that they had cared for him. You see, obviously, if they were willing to grab him and take him to his destination, they had interacted with this guy in the past. Over time, he had built relationship with these four guys. You see, we need to take time and build relationship with those who are around us. So when I'm in need, they will step up for me. And when you're in need, I can step up for you. Even with this paralyzed man's different ability, he took the time to develop deep relationships with those around him. It didn't matter what was going on in his life. It didn't matter how busy he was, how many doctor's appointments he had. He made it a priority to be in relationship so that when he needed someone, they would be there. Now, this paralyzed man needed help, and his neighbors, they felt the urgency of now. They felt the urgency of now. You see, they didn't know how long Jesus was going to be in town. They didn't know uh, uh, what tomorrow was going to bring. They didn't know the, uh, what caused this man's condition and whether if he was going to be here tomorrow or not. But they said, look, th this is urgent. We've got to get him to the solution because we see the solution in the distance. We've got to make a move right now. They didn't wait. His neighbors didn't wait to help him out. So here's a question for you. Have you ever thought about what your neighbor is in need of? Have you ever considered that they may be in some type of need or some type of pain? They, they, have you ever considered what kind of pain they might be in? Is it physical pain or spiritual pain? Emotional pain? Maybe they lost a loved one. Maybe they just had a bad breakup. They're going through some relational drama. Is there anything that you can do to help out with that? Anything in your ability that you can do to step up for your neighbor? If we never get to know our neighbors, we'll never know what they're going through. And we'll never know how we can step in to be of help, to be of service. And the same thing is in reverse. If we never open ourselves up to be known by our neighbors, they'll never know what's really going on with us. And when we stand in need, there's nobody there. So it's important for us to build our relationships with our neighbors. Now, our friend Daniel Tiger learned this lesson. He learned this lesson along with some of his other friends, and we want to watch as they connect with one of their helpful neighbors and then learn how then they could be neighborly. Let's watch. 
Your cupcakes look really yummy, delicioso, Baker Aker. Thank you, O. Baking is my favorite thing to do, but cleaning up is not my favorite. I have to put everything back on the shelves. I'd better box up these cupcakes for King Friday. Be right back. Do something nice for your neighbor. Do something nice for your friends. I think I know a way we can help Baker Aker. Can you guess how? I think it would be so nice to help him clean up the bakery. Don't you think? Let's help him. Yes. Oh, yes. Do something nice for your neighbor. Do something nice for your friends. Yay! Mom, Mom, what if we cleaned up for Baker Eaker? That would be a very neighborly thing to do. And I'll help too. Do something nice for your neighbor. Do something nice for you. I know I didn't change the key and everything. But that's, that's a real simple and easy song that we can remember. And that's what, guess what? That's something that we all can work on. That's something that we all need to get better at doing, is doing something nice for somebody else. Jesus calls us to love our neighbors. Do you remember a time when you were in need? Do you remember? Who was a neighbor to you? Was it somebody who lived nearby? Was it a family member or a friend? Was it even a stranger that came through and helped you out? See, we all need somebody. And when we're at our worst, that's when we need somebody the most. Each of us will have our day when we are down and out. We will. Who will you call on on that day? Do you have somebody already, already on speed dial that you can call when you're in need or not? We need to develop those relationships. That's the real question. Are you taking the time right now to develop deep relationships with those who are around you so that when you are in need, they'll be there for you? The next thing we learn is that nice neighbors go above and beyond. Look at verse number four. It says, since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowering the mat the man was lying on, was laying on. You see, they tore the roof open. They tore a hole in the roof. Let me tell you something. Don't come by my house. And tear up my roof. I might be saved, but you can get these hands. <laughs> Peter is the homeowner. I'm sure Peter is like, what are you doing in my house? Well, you know, Peter was packing all the time too, right? Peter wasn't that, uh, he was a little violent. But these guys, these four men, they were being a nice neighbor for their paralyzed friend. They, they wouldn't let anything come between them and Jesus. Even if it was a crowd, they couldn't get in the door. They couldn't get through the window. They couldn't get through the back door. They couldn't dig a tunnel. They said, look, we're going to go up on the roof and chop that thing open. We're going to get you to Jesus no matter what. You see, they wanted the best for their friend. They wanted their friend to be healed. They wanted, him, they wanted to see a miracle in his life. And they wanted to do whatever it took to make sure he got that. They wanted him to be made well. And they wanted him to see Jesus. When they couldn't get him to Jesus, they made a way 
out of no way. They went above and beyond. How much are you willing to invest to make sure your neighbor gets what they stand in need of? That's all about loving your neighbor. You know, how close are you to your neighbor? Do you know what they struggle with? We have to build those relationships so we know exactly what we can help with. We see here that we all need neighbors in this passage. That's really the theme here. And we need to cultivate these relationships with our neighbors because we are all in need in some kind of way. And when, they, when our neighbors are in need, we need to be willing to help them. And guess what? If we're willing to help them, they will be willing to help us. I have a friend who's proven to be a good neighbor, proven to be a nice neighbor. He's an electrician. And when I bought my house, I bought my house uh, uh, almost four years ago now. Uh, we, me and my wife, we bought the house. We had an inspector check it out. And the inspector said, oh, I see some electrical issues. And, and, uh, uh, but I have an electrician. And so he bought his electrician in. And the electrician did all of his looking around everything. And, and he gave me this estimate. The estimate was for $5,000. And I said, 5000 what? I said, obviously, you don't know me, bro. I ain't got it. I already bought the house. I paid the money. I don't have five more thousand dollars. And so I called my friend who's an electrician. And I said, hey, man, come on. can you come out here and let me know if this thing that he wrote up is real? Because I might need to sell this house quick. And so he came over, he looked at the guy's estimate, and he went and looked through my home, and he said, you know what, I'm, I can help you out. You see, this stuff right here, we, can, we need to do now. But the rest of the stuff on here, you could do later. And then some of this other stuff, you can leave it for the next homeowner. <laughs> I said, thank you. And he, so we went, he, we went and got some parts. He, he said, you know, I went out to, to Lowe's and all this kind of stuff, buying parts and buying stuff for him to do, do the work. He's going to do the work. He called one of his buddies, his professional buddies. They're doing all the work in the house. And then he said to me, he's like, you know, you are the right size for doing all the crawling work. <laughs> Get in that crawl space. I said, look, I'll take the short jokes as long as you're saving me five grand. I'll take the short jokes. And so we did that work. He saved me a whole lot of money. He was a nice neighbor. He looked out for my family when we were in need. He looked out for us utilizing the talent and the gifts that God had given him, the education that he had gone through, all that made him him. He used it to help me out. He was a nice neighbor. Have you done all that you can do with what God has given you? Have you done all that you can do maybe for your neighbor who's in need, with, uh, uh, depending on the circumstance that you're in, depending on the, the educational level? Have you milked that thing? Have you, have you done all you can with your education? Have you done all you can with, with uh, 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 the, the, the health that you've been given? Right? All of us are not in the best health, but are you, are you sitting back or are you pressing ahead? Are you doing all you can with the ability that you have? Or are you sitting back and coasting? Turn on autopilot and wait for something good to happen. The neighbors in this story saw that they were not going to be able to get to Jesus in a traditional way. 
They weren't going to be able to go through the front door. And just because something doesn't go your way or doesn't go the way you think it should go doesn't mean you should quit. Just because something doesn't go the way that you thought it should go doesn't mean that God is against you or he doesn't want it to happen. It just means you need to press a little harder. You need to move a little bit forward. You need to have faith that if that's what God wants for me, I need to jump this hurdle and get to it and not give up. These guys, they didn't let anything stand in their way to get to Jesus. This is what we call faith in action. It's faith with feet. I'm going to, I believe that that God is going to heal my friend, but I got to get my friend to Jesus. I got to get him to the building. I I, got to be determined to do that. This is what love of neighbor really is all about. It's not just about smiling at them and being their friend, but when they're in need, will you step up and be there for them? Look at verse number five. It says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Jesus, uh, this is a, a miraculous thing. He miraculously heals the man's soul. He connects with Jesus. He, 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 he is saved, if you will. And Jesus gives the credit to who? The neighbors, the people who bought him. Jesus said he saw their faith. Not the paralyzed man's faith. He saw their faith, the friend's faith. You see, they believed that if they could just get this man to Jesus, that he would be healed, that a a, a miracle would take place. At least it was worth a try, right? Some of us have friends or neighbors that all they need is to get to this building. And God will transform them. He will heal them or whatever is going on in their lives. But we got to get them here. Some of us have friends and neighbors, co-workers that just need to hear our story about how we've connected with Jesus or what Jesus has done for our lives. That's all they need to hear. And they'll be set and connected and healed or whatever Jesus has for them. We just need to step up and do it. Right? When Jesus saw these friends' faith, he responded. He responded to the friends' faith, to the community that had faith. See, we all need a crew to belong to. We all need a community. We all need friends. We all need a small group. We all need some people around us who have faith for us. When we don't have faith, they can have faith for us. And we can piggyback on their faith. So that's why small groups are so important. You know, we have fall small groups getting ready to come up. And yeah, I, I said the word fall. Uh, <laughs> it's coming too fast. I wish it would slow down. God put the brakes on, please. But, but we have fall small groups starting soon. Listen, if you would like to lead a group, if you would like to have a group of your own and invite your friends to that group, that's awesome. We're going to have a small group leader training on Tuesday, July 30th, right here, 6 p.m. So please come out to that. And if you can't, if Tuesday night can't work for you, we're going to do it again that Saturday morning. So, so no excuses is really what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but we'll have more information in the program about that next week. 
finally, what we see in this passage is that nice neighbors help shape our story. Nice neighbors help to shape our story. Remember back in verse 5, the paralyzed man, he got his spiritual life healed. He, he was transformed and he connected with Jesus. But the paralyzed man's friends, that's not what they brought him there for. They're like, we, we love the, the, the salvation, Jesus, but we, we wanted to see a physical miracle too. Uh, G, G, I love the fact that you, you saved his soul and you forgave him of his sin. That's the best gift anybody could ever have. But, but, but we went through all this effort <laughs> opening the roof up because we wanted to see his legs heal, Jesus. What, what you doing down there with his legs, Jesus? Honestly, I think they just didn't want to have to carry him back home. <laughs> you know, I'm carrying a heavy man. I ain't trying to do that again. Jesus, he works from the inside out. You see, he works from the inside out. The most important healing we could ever experience is our connection with Jesus. And he did that first. But check out what happens next. Verse 11. Jesus says, I tell you, get up, take up your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. Jesus miraculously heals this man's legs. He, can, he gets up and walks out of the room. But why would Jesus tell him to take up your mat and walk? Why did Jesus tell him to take up the mat? Because I think he was about to leave it behind, and Jesus was like, I ain't cleaning up behind you. Take your own stuff out of here. That's why I told him, go home. Get out of here. <laughs> he told him to take up his mat so that he would have a story to tell. You see, this man can now say, for 38 years, that mat carried me. And from now, today forward, I'm carrying that mat. All because my friends had faith in Jesus. They took me to meet the man. And now I'm healed. He had a story to tell. So what does that mean for us? That means don't be afraid of your scars. Don't be afraid of the pain that you've experienced in the past. Don't be afraid of those things that God has delivered you out of. Don't be afraid to show them off either. You see, God took you through whatever you've been through so that you can have a story. So that you could tell somebody else how good he is. So that you could draw somebody else's attention to Jesus. That's why you've gone through what you've gone through. You see, if Jesus has delivered you from something, if Jesus has brought you out of addiction, if Jesus has healed your marriage, if Jesus uh, has done something miraculous in your life, if, if, if you couldn't get pregnant and then all of a sudden, whoop, look, something else is right there. Look, if, if something miraculous has happened in your life, if you, your friends or your family, your parents prayed for you and you had your life radically transformed, something happened, tell that story. Tell that story so that you could draw people's attention to Jesus. You see, seven years ago, my wife and I were told that we couldn't have children. We were told that we couldn't conceive uh, naturally. The only way we could uh, have a child was to adopt, which was, was fine, great, all right, we could adopt. Uh, or, or we had to go through this, uh, uh, this scientific process. 
Um, I forget what the abbreviation for it is now. But we had to go through this process. So we're like, all right, we're all in. We're going to go through this process. It's like a year's salary. <laughs> but I'm like, we, we, want, we want a child. We're getting older. We ain't getting no younger. So let, let's do it. Let's do it. We're all in. We're all in. And, and so we, we uh, uh, start this process. What, but uh, we really didn't go through the process. But we were connected here at this church. And my wife, she's a praying woman. And anybody that has to spend time with me needs to be a praying person. But anyway, she's a praying woman. She's praying. And she connected with some other women in this church. And those women would pray for her. And every week that she came in, they would pull it to the side. Hey, Lakita, come over here. Let's just pray for you real quick. And let's pray for you again. And let's pray for you again. And they just kept praying for, praying for, praying for. And she kept praying, 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 praying. Well, it's been seven years. And we have a six-year-old who's going into the second grade. Uh, we had a child, miraculously. It's because of the prayers of the community. I believe that Jesus stepped in and did a miracle in my life and in my wife's life because the community believed. And not because of my belief, because the community came around her and they prayed and they believed on her behalf, just like these guys did for their friend. You see, God responds to faith with feet. He responds to faith in action. He, he responds to when we say, Lord, I, I know what you're calling, what you're saying, but, but I don't see how this is going to work out, but I'm going to keep walking. I, I might not be able to see the next step, but I, I'm going to take the next step. It, it might be a little dark. I, I might not understand what you're up to, but I'm going to keep moving forward because it's with my faith that you're going to, it's my faith that you're going to respond to. He wants us to take steps forward. You know, I want you to remember that nice neighbors, they don't just stand on the sideline and hope for things to go right. Nice neighbors, they, 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 they uh, uh, help when their neighbor is in need. They go above and beyond for their neighbor. And then they help to shape their neighbor's story. You see, if you love Central New York, and if you love Jesus, today is a day that you can be a nice neighbor. Today is a day that you could get to know your neighbor a little bit better. Today is a day that, that uh, you, could, you could connect with them and get to know them and get to know what they struggle with, get to know what they, what's good in their lives. You know, tomorrow's not promise. Don't let procrastination set in and say, oh, maybe next week, because we're not promised what to be here tomorrow. So get to know him today. This is the will of Christ for our lives. It is actually the most important thing, the two most important things that Jesus ever called for us to do is to love God and to love our neighbors. Will you get to know your neighbor so that you can love them this week? Are you willing to develop a relationship with those who live closest to you? If you are, I would love to ask you to make a commitment. Would you grab your connection card? If you're on the Vineyard NY app, scroll down to the bottom of your message notes. This action step is right there at the bottom. But if you flip your connection card on the back, at the very bottom it says action step. I will develop a neighborly relationship this week. If you're willing to start that relationship with that person who lives next door, lives down the street, or that person you see on your way to work, 
I would like for you to check that box and make a commitment today to say, yes, I'm going to be a nice neighbor. I'm going to develop a relationship with those around me. Check that box. And I'm going to invite the ushers to come forward. What they're going to do is hand you a bucket. You could take your connection card, put it in the bucket, and pass it down the row. And thank you so much for your commitment to be a nice neighbor this week.